Welcome to the 58 West King Podcast. I am your host, Tony Cosentino. I'm joined today by Matt, Albert, and Brandon, Lord of House Beisner. We break down our Superflex Dynasty startup draft and discuss how I keep my hair shining like Orion's belt. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 33, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. What's up? It's great to have you guys on, and I'm excited to talk through this Superflex Dynasty startup draft. Before we do, let's take off our shirts, let down our hair, and dip into the hot tub that is our segment, Manager on Manager. <laughs> Woo! We've got a few of us on today. To keep it short, we've got one question for the group, and that is, biggest influence on your life and why? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Biggest literal influence on my life is probably whiskey. It literally influences most of my days, most of my nights. Um, figurative influence would be my, uh, my late grandfather, uh, Robert Graham, was a teacher because he was a teacher who taught in elementary school that I went to, I spent a lot of time with him. Um, he was in the Air Force for uh, 10 years and then was a teacher for 35 years, then worked at Jenny Craig for five years and then worked at Casino Morongo for 10 years. Dude could not retire. He retired six months before he passed away when he was in his late 80s. Just a hard worker, loving family man, doting father, just a good dude, just good all-around guy. So huge influence in my life. The better influence in my life, I mean, whiskey's the one that's trying to lower the bar it's the one on the other shoulder yeah yeah it's exactly yeah it's, it's my grandfather and abalo jameson just talking back and forth it's fun stuff <laughs> all right who else i'll go next biggest influence on my life uh it's gotta be family basically from birth all the way up to this present point kind of think about it in three stages really when you know childhood being raised by my parents having siblings and all that's all that jazz um really kind of just was the early stages of me being shaped into the person i would eventually become and it still is becoming then early adulthood traded you know the, the the home life growing up with the parents and uh exchanging it trading it in for air force family kind of i'm still in the air force a little bit kind of not doing the everyday thing with active duty now kind of taking it just the reserves one weekend a month scaling back as much as i can so i can get more time in with my present day family my wife the kids just trying to have more time with them i just came back from a deployment so they're kind of like aided to a lot of time with not having with my youngest babies. So really just trying to get back to that and solidifying, you know, this present part of my life where I'm the leader of the house and just how my role has changed in each of the families that I've had, you know, living, growing up with my parents, being in the military, active duty, exchanging that for now, trying to just do the family, you know, family dad thing right now. And that's been the biggest influence in my life yeah. and the biggest shaper of my decisions and all that jazz. So. Okay. Brandon, how do you follow that? Glad I went first. Thanks, Albert. <laughs> I'm not trying to make it serious. Can we go to a commercial break? <laughs> <laughs> the quarantine is here. <laughs> Anchored up. Sorry. Fire alarm's going off. I got to go. All right. My, my influences. Uh, I have two. A recent influence would be the great, the one and only Tony Cosentino. Hey. Good or bad? Both. <laughs> I'm seeing your nipple. Brings out the best of me. He taught me how to tango. And, you know, he loves anal. So <laughs> those three things combined. Triple threat. That was our secret. Well, now now everyone who watches this podcast knows. So all 13 people will know <laughs> our dirty little secret. Uh, nice. My second influence, uh, I'll continue the trend, I guess, would be my dad. I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, he passed away when I was 20 years old. But before that, he's the one that drove me down the path for the Air Force. So if it wasn't for him, I'd probably be uh, still flipping burgers at White Castle. I didn't work at White Castle, but you get the picture. But yeah, those are the two biggest influences in my life. Awesome. Thank you for that. Anytime. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving the cliche answer, but I'm going to do it anyways. And that's my parents. Uh, both oh, of them come worked. on. Oh, shut up. Both <laughs> of them worked while me and my brother were growing up. And what I noticed was that like the harder they work, the longer they work, like the more our lives improved, more our situation improved. So we weren't super wealthy, but we definitely moved within the middle class uh, into a pretty comfortable spot by the time we were graduating from high school. So going with the parents. How much did you guys make a year before taxes? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what taxes were until like 
after I graduated from high school. Is that bad? Is that a bad representation of the California public education system? No, I think that's standard across the United States. <laughs> yeah, I don't, right. I don't pay taxes. Why should I know about it? Taxes? No taxes. You need to go to a four-year university. Take loans out. Don't worry about taxes. You'll worry about those later. Exactly. All right, guys, let's get into this draft. We've done a few half-point per reception mock drafts that have mirrored our league settings. Today, we're going to talk through a dynasty startup draft that we did earlier this week. We went super flex, half PPR, single quarterback, two running back, three wide receivers, one tight end, and then the super flex position. And then we went with seven bench spots. And this isn't as deep as a true dynasty, but for the sake of time, we set it to 15 total roster spots. Are you guys ready? Ready. All right. The draft order was randomized and Matt will be picking second, Albert third. I'm at the six and Brandon is drafting behind me at seven, Mm. which makes sense, I guess, given the (laughs) the earlier statement. (laughs) Uh, All right. So the first player off the board was Christian McCaffrey and then Lumberjack Graham was up. Super flex league or not, startup or not, Saquon Barkley's the number two pick. Uh, Change my mind to be the guy with the sign and the meme. Um, so I took Saquon Barkley. He's young. It's perfect for Dynasty. Just It's just an easy easy go. We would have called you a damn fool if you would have went somewhere else with that pick. <laughs> damn fool. I'm a damn fool. thought about Vinny Terry, but you know, oh, I thought I'd save him for later. All right, Albert, you're up next. Who'd you take? I took Patrick Mahomes. I hated picking three, especially for Dynasty, mostly because McCaffrey and Barkley were going to be the first two guys gone. And then after that, like Zeke, Thomas, Hopkins, those were the next three picks. Thomas and Hopkins, 27 years of age, kind of a little bit older for you know, the younger receivers, kind of in their prime. But Mahomes, 24, 25, he's already shown an explosive ability. They've done a really good job of keeping the offense around him. And if we're going to have a quarterback to take in the first round, it's got to be him. That's kind of just the, the line of thinking I had. It's, it's super flex, so the quarterbacks are kind of at a premium. So you took the best one for the next five to ten years, maybe. Best case, yeah. can't fault you for that. Next off the board was Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and then I was up at the six, and I took Zeke. I can't believe he fell that far. I don't think I would have taken a quarterback that early, but with all the running backs that were left, I think Zeke was kind of the obvious choice for me here. Uh, next up was Beisner, and who'd you take? The Lamar Jackson. Big Peyton Manning. And the, yeah, Peyton Manning. <laughs> He's got great wheels. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, super flex. I didn't want to go quarterback, but I wanted to grab one of the top two, and I figured I'll be. Uh, I was going to be picking again real soon. So I uh, decided to go quarterback and then wait on a running back on the turn. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's electrifying. The only thing I worry about with Lamar Jackson is not a lot of running quarterbacks stay on the field for uh, yeah. their whole career, but he's had a good start so far. Uh, he's not terrible at throwing either. I mean, not the best, but his wheels make up for it. So I took a chance on number eight. For sure. Some room to grow there in the passing game. You definitely yeah. like what he does on the ground. So next off the board was Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Tyree Kill. And then on the turn, Team 12 took Devontae Adams and Joe Mixon. And then Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Julio Jones, and then Beisner, you were back up. Yeah, there wasn't another Jones to take. So went with uh, <laughs> Nicholas Chubb. <laughs> Ooh. The third. I don't know. Is he a third? I don't think so. Probably not. Great last name. Though. So yeah, here on the turn, I had my had my quarterback already. So I was good there for a while. So wanted to get a good running back off the bat. Nick Chubb. I have a Chubb, so that helps. <laughs> he's got Kareem Hunt on the team, but I think he's going to get a bulk of the work. Hunt might take some passing downs away from him, but he's still a workhorse. So went with uh, Nicholas Chubb. I think there's should be a lot of positive touchdown regression there. And you, you like the workload he gets on the ground. So yep. Stefanski's in town. They're still going to be a running team. They improved their offensive line. So love the pick. I would have taken him if he would have made it past you, but up next, yeah. I took uh, Chris Godwin. So got a good solid running back. And then I got a pretty good wide receiver. Had a great year in 2019. Uh, looking forward to what he does in 2020 with Tom Brady under center. Next off the board was Travis Kelsey, Amari Cooper, and then Albert, you're back up again. Who'd you take? I took uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I actually love his youth, his talent. Um, He's going to get Ben Roethlisberger back. I think he was in a really bad spot being the number one guy with the guys who were throwing to him last year. They never gelled. They were in and out between Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And I think getting Big Ben back is going to be a big boost for him again, for his production. And uh, that's kind of where I went, especially with the last three receivers that got taken I figured receiver is probably the best bet here yeah and you hope with everything you mentioned and him being in a contract here that he's playing for the future right yeah. loved what he did two years ago hope he can kind of revisit exactly that type of season again all right Matt you're up uh yeah so I saw two quarterbacks go off the board super flex league if I'm not drafting quarterback in the first round I want to get one in the second so I took my uh third best quarterback Dak Prescott let me preface the statement I despise the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> I like zero percent of Dallas Cowboys in real life but in fantasy He's got Cooper, he's got Lamb, he's got Gallup, he's got Zeke, got a good offensive line. 
line. McCarthy's going to let him throw the ball. He's in a good spot. He can run if he needs to. He's going to run for some touchdowns. It's, uh, he's young, playing for a contract. Everything you want in the dynasty startup. So I took that Prescott. So I can say with full confidence that if Callis was in this draft, he would not have made it to you. He would not have made it to me, no. <laughs> All right, on the turn, George Kittle went off the board, Kenny Galladay, and then Matt, back to you. Again, super flex league, dynasty. I want to get another quarterback. I kind of feel like wide receiver, you can get some good young wide receiver talent late in the draft. I already had Saquon. So I got Deshaun Watson, who was my next best quarterback on, on the board. Again, young guy, some talent with him around wide receiver, but he can run. And I'm looking for that upside in my young quarterback. So I took Deshaun Watson. All right. Next up was Rivera. Who'd you take? Yeah, I took Jonathan Taylor. I know Mac is there. I just love Jonathan Taylor's game. I, like, kind of felt like I reached for him there. I liked Miles Sanders and uh, the next couple of guys that came off for running backs. But I love Jonathan Taylor's game coming out of college. And I just, I know Mac is there, but I figure if they took Taylor, eventually that's going to shift in his direction for Dynasty League. I like the younger back rusher, and I think more talented. So I went with him there. I think you definitely pulled the trigger early, but since all of us love Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I think we let you off the hook. He's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Next <laughs> off the board was DJ Moore, Miles Sanders, and then I was up. And with my third pick, I took Clyde Edwards Elair or Eclair. Eclair. Great running back on a great offense. One of those electric players you hope catches a lot of passes and gets in the end zone. Next up was Brandon. Who'd you take with your third pick? All right. My next pick, Austin Eckler. So I know I already had Chubb, but Eckler was available. I couldn't pass on him. He's going to be another workhorse, especially since Melvin Gordon left the Chargers. Uh, I like that offense, especially if especially when Tyrod Taylor goes down. I think Herbert's going to come in. That offense is going to be electrifying. Light electrifying. It's going to light it up. For all 35 fans. If they even left fans the stadium. This is the best thing that ever happened to the Chargers. When Eckler was starting last year without Gordon, he saw the numbers he put up. I had him in one of my leagues, and it was outrageous. It was like almost 30 points a game, it seemed like. Yeah. So hopefully he can keep those numbers up. And if he's there at that pick, I'm going to take him. Okay. Next off the board was Odell Beckham, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, A.J. Brown, and then at the turn, Kenyon Drake and Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, Mark Andrews, Matt Ryan, Cortland Sutton, Brandon, who'd you take? Pick four zero six. So I had my quarterback, two running backs. I figured it was time to get a receiver on the team before uh, they ran out. So I went with the greatest receiver in all football, Cooper Cup. No bias there. Uh, no bias. But yeah, the team lost Cooks. Uh, that could be a good or bad thing. Uh, I guess we'll find out. I know last year when Cooks wasn't playing, it didn't seem like Cup was doing as well. So I hope maybe Reynolds can fill the void for Cooks and Cup will keep his slot role. And I know the... I know the team has lost a few players, but hopefully the offense can still put up some numbers. And Cup's obviously still a young guy. He's quick. Uh, that ACL tear didn't seem to mess him up last year. So it seems like he'd be good for a few more years. It's my guy. I was up next. I took Calvin Ridley. So dynasty, you're looking to get a little bit of youth. So trying to stay young at the wide receiver position, PPR. Dude catches a lot of passes. Julio's not getting any younger. So hoping for a nice little pair there with Chris Godwin and Calvin Ridley. Next off the board was Leonard Fournette, Baker Mayfield, and then Albert, who'd you take at the 410 took uh jk dobbins in a pretty crowded baltimore uh, backfield but um i think with ingram aging he's gonna have a reduced workload and kind of just like allows dobbins to slot in probably not enough work to warrant uh the rb2 slot right now but the options behind them i had like real questions marks uh i i really don't like uh the way detroit is set up to uh, help Swift out right away. I think Carson and Gurley had like injury concerns that I like really like bother me to think about and uh, I think with Dobbins's opportunity in Baltimore I think that uh, offense is still explosive he'll still get opportunities and should something happen to Mark Ingram you know J.K. Dobbins will be there for a workhorse role so I figured why not pull the trigger probably a little too early I was like hey why not so but that's the direction I went. The two teams drafting after you we're going to have two picks before your next pick, and there was no way he was making it back around to you. So I think that was a good pick for you there. And then right. Matt, at the 411, who'd you take? I got a young quarterback. I got two young quarterbacks. I got a young running back. Needed wide receiver. Unfortunately, there weren't a whole lot of good young wide receivers available. Definitely went off the board before my pick. So I took Allen Robinson, number one in the Chicago offense. And as bad as that offense was last year, he still had 98 receptions for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. The dude, with Mitch Trubisky, haphazardly throwing the ball around the field, still put up wide receiver in numbers. So um, do you think that... Nick Foles is going to take over that job at some point, not to begin the season probably, but at some point he will take over that job and he'll be a solid wide receiver for him. Unfortunately, in a dynasty startup, now I'm forced to play drafting wide receiver in future drafts, but still felt like he's going to be able to slide in and help me out this season. Not a bad pick. Next off the board was DeAndre Swift and DK Metcalf at the turn. And then you were up again, Matt, at the 502. Who'd you take? A uh, very unsexy pick. Very similar to the meme that Brandon sent us yesterday about the girl looking for 
her underpants in Tony's bedroom. <laughs> I took Keenan Allen. He's still fast. He's still the number one target on that off. I don't care who's throwing the ball. They're going to pepper him with targets. He should have a good year if he can stay healthy. Yeah. With Keenan Allen, just needed someone to fill that wide receiver two slot until some of the young guys I drafted later on in the draft. Next up was Albert, the 503. Who'd you take? I took Jerry Judy. I love his skills uh, as a receiver, and I think he's going to help Cortland Sutton and I think the other rookie they took, uh, KJ Hamler. I think they're going to be like all solid. I love Judy. Um, he's pretty much like a, a wide receiver one skill set, and he's not going to have wide receiver one responsibilities because Sutton is there. And I think he's just going to feast on the number two or three cornerback and the defenses that he's going to face with his position and his opportunities with his skill set. I absolutely um, loved that I got him at that point. <laughs> so I had to take him there. You see some of the younger receivers going early, but with the dynasty, I think a lot of teams prioritize the youth. So uh, no yeah. issue with that pick. Next off the board was Melvin Gordon, another young receiver in CD Lamb. And then I was up and this was kind of a panic pick. I noticed that the... The pick of the draft. <laughs> I noticed that the quarterbacks that I would feel a lot more comfortable with were off the board and the guys left, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. A lot of these guys were older. So trying to keep it young and realistic, kind of what I would do in a super flex uh, dynasty draft. I took Joe Burrow. So I did it. There, it's out. <laughs> Mr. Joe Exotic himself. He's definitely the guy. This pick was 100% influenced by Tiger King. Not going to lie. <laughs> All right, Brandon, you were up next at the 507. Who'd you take? So I, uh, I went a different path and selected the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's a little older. I mean, he's only 36, so he could play you know, three or four more years. Ten more years. Ten more years. Twenty more years. Who knows? The way medicine's going, he could play till he's seventy-five. So uh, <laughs> uh, I figured I'd was, I was snag him here. I was I was looking at the quarterback list, and I did not like what was left, so I wanted to snag Aaron Rodgers. I probably could have waited for Tannehill, but I decided to grab Rodgers right here just to be safe, and I can look for another quarterback while he's on my team for three to four years. And he's still Aaron Rodgers, so he's got Devontae Adams. He's got two pretty good running backs now. Well, maybe. Yeah. So. He's still going to be good. I mean, he might not put up numbers from a few years ago, but he's still consistent. Honestly, you made me regret me picking back-to-back quarterbacks in the 2-3 turn. I feel like you getting Lamar Jackson and then pairing it out with an Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers veteran quarterback uh, is probably the smart move. I think I probably could have done better <laughs> drafting a wide receiver early. But, yeah, I wasn't feeling jealous until I saw that you had Lamar Jackson. Aaron <laughs> At least you didn't take Joe Burrow in the fifth round. I couldn't. He was gone, or else I would have snagged him right up. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Next off the board was Chris Carson, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Todd Gurley, Devontae Parker, and Zach Ertz on the turn. Drew Brees, T.Y. Hilton, DJ Chark, Daniel Jones, and then Brandon at the 606. Who'd you take? My turn again? Yes, sir. All right, so I wanted to even out my team real quick and get another wide receiver, make it two and two, just kind of even it out. Terry McLaren, McLaren, McLaren. Uh, you know how to say it. Scary Terry. Scary Terry, yeah. I mean, he might not have the best offense, but he is the number one wide receiver of the Washington Redskins for now anyway. And hopefully Haskins can, uh, you know, get better. He's been working in the offseason. He was pretty terrible last year, but hopefully he can turn that around and uh, McLaren can get some targets. Like I said, he's still the wide receiver one, not on the best offense, but he should still at least get some targets. So. Yeah, I noticed a lot of the wide receivers going like in the fourth to seventh round range. They were pretty good. It kind of makes it easier to pick the quarterbacks and the yeah. running backs and like the tight ends, like the premier tight ends earlier. Yep. With my next pick, I took Robert Woods. Uh, surprised he was still there. Would have taken Terry McLaurin if you would have taken Woods. So I was happy with either one of those guys. You already mentioned earlier, Cooks is gone. So Woods should see an increase in targets. Uh, or at the very least, he should see some positive touchdown regression. With them moving to a 12, they're probably going to go to more of a 12 personnel um, to help bolster that offensive line. So Robert Woods might get more targets than Cooper Cup this season. Sorry, I know Cooper Cup was positioned earlier. <laughs> But I, 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 that's my hot take is Robert Woods might get more targets than Cooper got this year. If anything, he should get more than two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, next off the board was Jared Goff, Tua, Tagovailoa. Yes. And then Albert. Yeah, you did. You were up at the six ten. Who'd you take? Yeah, I took a tight end, Evan Ingram. Kind of a homer pick. Mm-hmm. Giants fan here. Evan Ingram had a lot of chemistry with uh, Daniel Jones, and um, with not too much height on the receiving core, I think Evan Ingram is still like pre- predominantly just a pass catcher in our in our offense. And he's going to be more of the same. He has to stay healthy, and if he does, he's going to potential. Like he probably could go for a thousand yards, almost ten touchdowns. 
if they let Daniel Jones sling it like he did last year. So kind of hoping for the, you know, the best. He just has to stay healthy. Yeah, that seems to be his, his biggest enemy is staying on the field. All right, yeah. Matt, at the 6'11", who'd you take? Uh, Cam Akers, future starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Woo-woo. Needed an RB2. He's a rookie. Want to get some youth. That guy's going to get a lot of work on that team. Um, if they want to repeat any success that they've had over the last few years, they're going to want to get back to a strong run game. No, there's some competition for those those touches, but he should emerge. I mean, obviously, they spent that draft capital on him, so they're going to they want him to emerge. Whether it doesn't matter what they say, so he should be the one that you know the cream that rises to that crop and take over that starting job. So I got a number one running back. I got a starting running back, running back two. And he ran behind a shitty offensive line in college, so I think the Rams saw that. Correct. He's used that may to have it. factored into them taking him uh, at the spot where they did in the second round. All right, at the turn, Tyler Lockett and Jameis Winston went off the board interesting can we talk about team one taking Jameis Winston I don't know what the hell they were doing the backup quarterback <laughs> as their first quarterback Jameis Winston went before Ben Roethlisberger Sam Darnold Garner Minshew Teddy Bridgewater Illusion. team one picked Jimmy Garoppolo the next round like what happened <laughs> did Jameis Winston somehow sneak into our draft and draft his team one that's what might have happened he may have sorry <laughs> we can go to my pick that was just insanity I didn't think he's second string yeah yeah Taysom I think Hill's he'll second be second string. string Taysom Hill is like their gadget player his do the do all Taysom Hill's going to be listed as a tight end this year. I feel like in some leagues you can draft Taysom Hill yep. as a tight end. That's the word on the street, which is super exciting. All right, at the seven oh two, Matt, who'd you take? I took Michael Gallup. Need another wide receiver. Um, I had two, you know, fading veterans. Wanted to get a young guy. Uh, Gallup had a phenomenal season last year. I know Ceedee Lamb steps in. I get it, but uh, he still got. He's still got the legs. He can still stretch the field. That Prescott's going to want to air the ball out every once in a while. Um, it's a dynasty startup. So eventually, Michael Gallup could be the number one on another team and stretch that, you know, Deshaun Jackson type player. So, uh, well, Michael Gallup, love the talent. Yeah, Jason Witten and Randall Cobber out of town. So there are a lot of targets there. And next up was Albert at the 703. Who'd you take? Took Marquise Brown. Um, pretty much he was going to be the wide receiver one after the first week of last year when he exploded for all those yards and a couple touchdowns. He dealt with mostly a foot injury last year, and I've heard that he got the screw taken out and he's kind of finally back to form. Um, that coupled with his skills, his talent, and then Lamar Jackson, everything that he brings, he improved his passing from his rookie year to his MVP season. And I, you know, it's hard not to think that he won't continue to improve of that on just that based on how great his running is. So if he continues to keep that going and Marquise Brown and they get that chemistry going, I think that offense is still like, you know, top two in the league and Marquise Brown being, you know, the number one target, hopefully, you know, I think he's going to do excellent things this year. And yeah, you've got a young group there. And with Marquise Brown, you hope that the foot stuff's behind him. So he should see a higher snap percentage. Yes. Lamar wanted them too. There's a multiple reports out of Baltimore That's- that Lamar Jackson said, go get me Marquise Brown or next year, get me Jerry Judy. Uh, they got Marquise Brown. Like, that's his guy. Like, that's who he wanted. That's the guy he's going to grow. And, like, that's that quarterback wide receiver connection that you want to see. And it's going to be good for him. Really. And soon to be Antonio Brown as well. Oh, God, I hope. <laughs> All right, next off the board, James Conner, Jalen Rager. And then I was up at the 706, and I took my tight end. Uh, Darren Waller was still on the board. Woo! Was hoping to get an Evan Ingram or a Mark Andrews, but they went a little earlier than I would have liked. So Darren Waller, uh, a guy that can put a thousand yards up. I know he's going to be fighting for targets, but he's still in an offense that figures to be playing from behind, throwing the ball. So went with Darren Waller. Probably has another few years. So I should be set at the tight end position. And then, Brandon, you were up at the 707. Who'd you take? Oh, so now you want Darren Waller, some bitch. <laughs> Brandon was trying to trade him to me in uh, one of our keeper leagues. Yes. I offered it to him at least uh, 35 times. At least. I thought maybe if I wore him down, he would just, you know, commit. Defense is strong. Didn't work. But uh, here at the 707, I went with Le'Veon Bell. He's getting up there in age. He's about 28, which, you know, an old man for a running back. But he's obviously still going to be the number one for the Jets. He's still a threat in the passing game. I already have two pretty solid young running backs. So a veteran here uh, wasn't a bad pick. Uh, also, if I did this in a real dynasty, I would be targeting uh, that rookie. Probably target him later in the draft. Obviously, we didn't have enough picks in this draft, but I'd probably try to double down on that rookie for when Le'Veon Bell does call it quits. He should give me a, a solid couple years. For sure. Uh, next off the board was Kirk Cousins, A.J. Green, Tom Brady, Devin Singletary, Matt Stafford, Debo Samuel at the turn, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and then Brandon, you were back up. Who'd you take? Uh, here, I was looking to go wide receiver, but I saw David Montgomery still on the board. Another number one running back. He gets the bulk of the workload. He might not get much in the passing game, but that team doesn't really pass that much. He's a young guy. Like I said, I just got the old guy in Le'Veon Bell. So, evened it out with David Montgomery. It's a run-first offense, so... 
I think he's going to put up some good numbers. He probably won't put up outstanding numbers, but I think he'll be consistent enough, especially where I drafted him. I'm not expecting him to be Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, but he's a good RB4 on my team. So Yeah, at least in the short term, he's one of those guys who gives you like a high floor, maybe a low ceiling, yeah. but you know, he's going to be guaranteed points every week with that workload. Mm-hmm. So I was up next and I would have taken Montgomery if he would have fell to me, but instead I took a quarterback, my second quarterback uh, in Ryan Tannehill. One of the more efficient quarterbacks once he got the job in Tennessee last year rolls into 2020 with largely the same supporting cast. So hoping to see the same types of things in 2020. Next off the board was Big Ben, Christian Kirk, and then Albert. Who'd you take at the 810? Took the uh, running back for the Redskins, uh, Darius Geese. Um, nice, <laughs> nice Geese. I can never, I can never get it right. <laughs> tomato, tomato, same thing. That's a Giants fan taking a stab at Redskins, is what that is. I think with um, Dwayne Haskins moving into the second year, they, they do have Scary Terry. They don't have like a ton of wealth at the receiver position. I think they're going to lean a little bit more on their running game, especially as they try to develop Haskins. I know he's coming off an injury, but I think he's going to be mostly, largely contested for his workload so kind of weighed that out you know once Montgomery was off the board for me as well I was like all right probably gonna go this direction took him yeah if he stays healthy he's got a ton of opportunity there in a Ron Rivera Scott Turner led offense so they love using their running backs if he can stay healthy should have a pretty solid role there in Washington uh, in 2020. All right, Matt, the 811, who'd you take? All right, so I'm not going to have to do much convincing to two people in this uh, in this room, but I took my tight Loved end. <laughs> Let me give you some stats first before I give the name. Let's let's build up. So, seven receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. Last five games this season, six games. Seven receptions for 116 yards, no touchdown. That's okay. 12 receptions for 111 yards, no touchdown. Nine receptions for another 104 yards, no touchdown. And then eight receptions for 84 yards and touchdown. Uh, Tyler Higby. Once the Rams finally figured out that their offensive line was hot garbage, which they probably should have done a lot earlier. (laughs) Sorry. It's just, it is what it is, man. Like, I live in Ontario, California, 45 minutes away from that stadium. I've been to the game every season the last three seasons, mostly because I've been playing the Eagles a lot. Yeah. It is what it is. But the tight end got him late in the draft. I I really like Tyler Higby. He's he's my guy. He's kind of one of the hills I'm I'm willing to die on in most of my leagues. Dude's going to get a lot of targets, should get a lot of yards. He's Got that he's got a lot of athletic ability, so I was very excited that he fell to me. This yeah, you mentioned earlier the Rams kind of are shifting to more 12 personnel packages that figures to see Everett and Higby on the field more, so you should see those guys catching more balls. Great at the end of last season, you hope he carries that forward into 2020. Next off the board was Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Mostert. at the turn, <laughs> Colonel Mostert, and then Matt, <laughs> you're up again at the 902. Who'd you take? Dynasty guy that I love, Cream Hunt. So I need another running back, not just for depth purposes, but in a dynasty startup, I'm looking for the future. And Cream Hunt is a backup now based purely upon his personal escapades. <laughs> <laughs> Three seasons. Guy would be starting on probably half of not more of the teams in the NFL. It could give me legit week-to-week flex value behind Nick Chubb. So the talent's there, and eventually that opportunity will come. So I took Kareem Hunt. I thought he was a kicker. <laughs> you would think. You would think. Hey, Coach, can you answer some drums there? Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Kareem Hunt, you have a very good handcuff who has that built-in value that offers you a little bit of flex upside throughout the season. So good pick there. Uh, Albert, you were up next at the 903. Who'd you take? So I took uh, Henry Ruggs. If you look at my – if you're looking at the entire list, you can kind of see that I forgot that I was drafting for super flex here <laughs> and this pick is kind of like what is born out of that henry ruggs another young talented wide receiver more of a burner type i actually like him for las vegas i think he's going to be used well I don't, john gruden uh, obviously loved the guy coming out uh, it's a real weapon for Derek carr i think they're going to want to pass more based on that they picked him in the first round kind of high so they're obviously going to utilize him kind of excited how they utilize him considering Derek carr is really much of a deep ball thrower so either way i'm excited for rugs john gruden's not the kind of guy that goes and buys a corvette and then doesn't take it out burning 100 miles an hour down the strip good point like, like i know a lot of people are making fun of the, like the raiders picking a fast wide receiver that's what Bill O'Brien would do. Yeah, but <laughs> Gruden's, Gruden's not a guy that's going to take a dude and then just not take advantage of his skill set. So I, I think it was it was good. Yeah, I think Derek Carr specializes in those short to intermediate passes, and that's actually what Henry Ruggs, I think, did best in college. He wasn't one of those deep ball field stretchers. So I think it might work out for him. Even though it's the Raiders, I'm feeling good about that pick for them. Next off the board was Marlon Mack, Carryon Johnson, and then I was up uh, looking to get some running back depth. I only had Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Eclair. 
So I went ahead and took Sony Michelle Dude Figures to get a large workload there in New England as they transitioned from Tom Brady to some combination of Jared Sidham or Jared Sidham. Brian Hoyer. Jared Sidham. They love Jared Sidham. Jared Sidham already won this job against Brian Hoyer a year ago. Jared Sidham all day long. <laughs> Either way, they're going to run the ball more than maybe they have in the past. They're going to lean on that to break that guy in, right? All right, Brandon, 907, who'd you take? I took Michael Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's the number two on that team. You should get uh, the number two cornerback, maybe number three cornerback. And like I said, I hope I hope Herbert comes in and uh, just chucks it down the field. I, I just figured out that dude's 6'6 and like 300 pounds. So hopefully uh, he's just going to chuck the ball down the field and Mike Williams is going to have 90-yard touchdown passes every game. But, but yeah, I needed a wide receiver here. Uh, my running backs were pretty stacked, so I decided to go wide receiver, take Mike Williams of the LA Chargers. I was looking at Brandon Cooks, and if I had to do it over again, I might pick him. But for this one, I went Mike Williams. Yeah, you should have gone Brandon Cooks. I agree. Probably. <laughs> All right, next off the board was Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims, Brandon Cooks, Damian Williams, Keyshawn Vaughn, Drew Locke on the turn, Ronald Jones, Philip Rivers, Hunter Henry, Nikhil Harry, and then Brandon, who'd you take at the 10.06? I took TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I don't have a tight end yet, so I figured I should grab one now. There wasn't much left. Uh, it was between him and Noah Fant. I'm still not too high on Fant. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, he should have a healthy Stafford this year. Obviously, Hawkinson did get hurt last year, but he put up a couple solid games, especially that first one. Hopefully, he gets the first-year jitters out and he can come back in the second year and just dominate, and that's what I'm hoping for anyway. I'm, I'm pretty high on him this year. Probably going to select him in a couple leagues. So Yeah, those tight ends usually take a year or two to get going, so he flashed last yeah. year. It's an upside pick for sure. Just need Stafford to stay healthy. Yeah, right. I was up next, so I went ahead and my starting lineup was mostly filled, so just building my bench up here, so I went ahead and took Marvin Jones. A little bit older, only probably has a few years left, but great wide receiver, low floor, but high ceiling. Dude can catch three or four touchdowns a game. Just adding to the bench there. Next off the board was Sam Darnold, Will Fuller, and then Albert. Who'd you take at the 10-10? At 10-10, I took a Noah Fant, more of a, me forgetting the super flex league <laughs> roster. Contrarian. You're a contrarian. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so unlike Brandon, I actually liked Noah Fant towards the end of last year quite a yeah. bit. I don't know if he's, his opportunities are going to be there, but I think the the history with Locke, that little bit of history that they have, will kind of uh, still have him at the forefront of the offense, kind of with Sutton as uh, Hamler and Judy get up to speed. I think they're really banking on Locke developing a lot with the weapons they have around them, even in the backfield with Gordon and Lindsay. And I think with all those pieces around them, Fant is going to have a, a, a real chance to shine uh, for the most part with uh, the chemistry that he has. And I actually really like his athletic ability and size definitely going to have limited opportunity there but it doesn't take much to be a tight end one like one of the top 12 tight ends week in week out yeah all right matt at the 10-11, who'd you take? You know, I mean, Albert went back-to-back Denver picks. Uh, needs some running back <laughs> to have uh, Philip Lindsay. Is he in a three-headed monster timeshare? Absolutely. Is he guaranteed a full workload? <sighs> Not even a little bit. But he's super talented. Look, it's, it's a startup draft. At some point in time in the next few years, I do foresee him getting to a team, or even this team, and being able to showcase his talent. Uh, he has high ceiling, super high, super low floor, obviously, but he should give me a high ceiling option later on in later on in the season and possibly next season's coming. Yeah, he's a guy that's in like a committee with Melvin Gordon and Royce Freeman, but so I don't know if you can view him as like a handcuff to Melvin Gordon, but he's another one of those guys just like Kareem Hunt who gives you that upside if Melvin Gordon were to go down. Next off the board was Teddy Bridgewater and Julian Edelman on the turn and then Lumberjack, who'd you take at the 11.02? I took the sexy pick, man. Uh, I took Deontay Johnson, uh, wide receiver out of Pittsburgh. Juju's there, sure. Um, but if you talk, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's done some press conference talked about Deontay Johnson, how much he likes him. So it's always a good sign because that's not, un, you know, that's not solicited praise from the quarterback. So another young guy that should, you know, maybe show me as an option this year, but more than likely in seasons to come in this dynasty startup will give me a wide receiver one down. Yeah, if they don't re-sign Juju, it's – with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, James Washington, yep. maybe. So, all right, at the 11.03, Albert, who'd you take? I took uh, Nicole Hardman, Kansas City receiver, uh, mostly just because his ability uh, towards the back half of the year for Kansas City, he was really electric, uh, more of the speed that Kansas City um, kind of like worships in their receivers. He's got a lot of, like, mouths above him. Kelsey Hill, uh, Hilaire is there now. Damian Williams, you know, they, a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. You know, long season, they, you know, one guy goes down it's an opportunity for him and with the ability he's shown 
and the way they, you know, obviously love to throw the football with yeah. Mahomes, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to, you know, to take over if that's what he's able to do or to just have, you know, the ability to carry a lineup every once in a while when the starters are on their bye weeks and stuff. So went with Hardman. Yep. Love the upside there. It's kind of an investment in a dynasty. So mm-hmm. young guy who's going to be in a great offense for years to come. Next off yeah. the board was Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and then I was up and here filling out the bench, getting a little more depth at the 1106. I went with Sterling Shepard. So a guy who figures to have a pretty high floor, maybe a lower ceiling with all of the other uh, weapons there, Barkley, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, but solid yeah. fifth receiver for my team. Next up was Brandon at the 1107. Uh, I decided to go another wide receiver here. I picked up Michael Pittman. I didn't have any rookies on my team yet, so I figured, you know, it was time. Uh, had my starting core figured out, so I wanted to build some depth behind my starters. Uh, what the Colts quarterback is going to look like in a two or three years, but right now they have Phillip Rivers. We all know he can throw it. Like I said in previous podcasts, it might not always go to the correct team. He does sling it, so hopefully Michael Pittman can uh, jump in and maybe as wide receiver two or three, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm not expecting too much out of him this year, but I think he's a good solid pick for some depth. Yep. As a UCLA fan, I love everything about Michael Pittman, except for where he went to college. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next off the board was Curtis Samuel, Justin Herbert, Darrell Henderson, John Brown, Darius Slayton, Jordan Howard on the turn, Austin Hooper, Emmanuel Sanders, T. Higgins, Dallas Goddard, and then Brandon, your backup. Who'd you take at the 1206? Uh, I decided to go another rookie, but this time running back. I went with Zachary Moss, or a.k.a. Zach Moss. He's on a team that's obviously run first. I looked it up. The Bills were I think top, somewhere in the top 10 for the most runs. Uh, rushing attempts last year so uh, I don't think I mean Singletary is okay but I really don't think he's gonna be the, the future of that team hopefully Moss or hopefully Moss comes in and outperforms him I, I really don't think Singletary is gonna be the future of the Buffalo Bills but from what I everything I've read about Zach Moss he seems pretty I'm gonna use the word again electrifying so I'm taking a gamble again I have enough running back so he can sit on my bench for a little bit while, while he develops and hopefully he can jump in there and just destroy people fifth running back I mean you could you could do worse I was gonna take him if you didn't this was about the third or fourth time you taking someone I was about to draft. <laughs> yeah, I like Moss. No problem. I was up next. I went ahead and took Latavius Murray. Not someone who's going to be in the league much longer, but uh, a handcuff for Alvin Kamara. And if Alvin Kamara goes down for whatever reason. Or he holds out. Or he holds out. Uh, Murray should go in and be you know, a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. A little bit of upside there, but mostly just a bench stash. Next off the board was Robbie Anderson, Mike Gesicki, and then Albert. Who'd you take at the 12-10? So I took uh, Alexander Madison back up to Cook. He showed some real ability when he was in relief of Dalvin Cook. So I actually, with Dalvin Cook's situation, contract holdout usually doesn't end well. Either he comes back and, you know, Madison won't be of much use. And, you know, there goes the year. But after that, you know, do they trade him do they keep him if he signs a franchise tag or what have you so with the nature of how running backs have been there with peterson now cook you know they don't want to overpay running backs these days Uh, madison is the young guy he's talented and i think if not this year next year he can you know be a good investment especially in that offense with cousins and you know them trying to be efficient with you know not letting cousins throw too much you know i think run game is going to be a big part of what the vikings do moving forward so madison in case cook goes down yeah, I was uh, super frustrated to see Madison go. I was really hoping to pick him, uh, <laughs> to pick after you. And for all the reasons you said, Alexander Madison should be legit. But it did give me an option to choose Uncle Rico himself. <laughs> super flex league, wanted to get a bench quarterback. And, like, we can joke about Gardner Minshew, his escapades, the craziness that is Gardner Minshew. But let's talk stats, okay? Rookie season, split time with Nick Foles. Still came up with a 60.6% completion percentage. Had 20 21 touchdowns, only six interceptions, threw for 3,200 passing yards, had a passer rating of 91.2. Better than Tom Brady, better than Philip Rivers, better than Kyler Murray, better than Drew Locke, better than a lot of quarterbacks uh, further up on this draft board. So is Jacksonville the laughing stock? Is Garner Minshew headline material? Probably, but felt very comfortable in dynasty drive, taking him late, possibly using him as a trade piece or even slot him into my starting lineup years down the road. Love Garner Minshew. And that mustache. Love that mustache. All those stats. He did that with, with such a putrid roster. God. And their defense got worse. Yeah. Their defense got worse. That's what I was going to say. I'm a Gardner Minshew fan. If you didn't say it three times was their defense isn't going to keep anybody off the field. So they will be playing from behind. Next off the board was James White and Tariq Cohen on the turn. And then Lumberjack, you're up again at the 1302. Who'd you take? I didn't realize I took both 
Chicago wide receivers, which is a bad decision nine times out of nine times. Um, <laughs> I like Anthony Miller. I like his talent. Um, he's dealt with some injuries. He's dealt with some poor quarterback play, to say at least. But I do like the talent level. Again, dynasty draft throwing darts at this point hoping for something down you handcuffed your number one wide receiver it's a bold strategy bold strategy cotton doesn't happen often does it hope it pays off for me all right albert at the 1303 who'd you take i took uh, another rookie receiver uh brandon Ayuk for the niners uh, i realized it's mostly uh, a run first offense mostly um but i think if garoppolo gets you know is more trusted more with the offense even more so with shanahan running things um i think Ayuk kind of fits what he likes to do schematically and without too many other weapons in that offense i think he's going to flourish kind of maybe if not this year the next year um especially if garoppolo makes another leap and can actually lead that offense himself so i'm kind of excited goodwin's gone marquis goodwin's gone debo broke a foot yes Kittle's kill still there but i mean it's a good pick it's a good pick all right next off the board was rashad penny Tony Pollard, and then I was up at the 1306. I went ahead and took Hayden Hurst uh, upside there, replacing Austin Hooper in an offense that will continue to throw the ball. So just a backup tight end, but someone I could plug in uh, for bye weeks or potential Darren Waller injury. At the 1307, Brandon, who'd you take? Who knows? Hayden Hurst could go off and end up being your starter. <laughs> he could. I doubt it, but you never know. Here I was, I was taking a look at the quarterback list, and I don't know too much about Superflex, but I know it's a Good rule of thumb to have at least three starting quarterbacks on your team. So I took a look at what was left, and it was between Haskins, Carr, people like Foles, who switch teams every year, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a who's a day from retiring. You never know when that will happen. But I decided to go Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I mean, I already have two quarterbacks, so taking a chance. He's obviously not going to start on my team right away unless something changes but he obviously didn't do much last year but he's going to his second year hopefully he's practicing the offseason learn some things hopefully he can come out and uh, maybe he can get his running game going too so that's another upside I was looking at him or Derek Carr but I went with the running upside of Dwayne Haskins all right next off the board was Duke Johnson Darrington Evans Joshua Kelly Royce Freeman Chase Edmonds Derek Carr Jordan Love Antonio Gibson AJ Dillon Boston Scott and then Brandon you're up again at the 1406 who'd you take Prestone Williams. Again, not on a super high-powered offense, but he's the number two to Devontae Parker. We all know, I mean, the, the Dolphins are playing from behind a lot. Fitzpatrick, if he's playing, he's going to be gunning, gunning it in the second half. I know he had that injury last year, and I'm not sure if he's going to be ready by week one, but I can store him on the bench for a little bit. If he does come back, I mean, he put up some decent numbers last year, and who knows what Tua will do, so if he comes in, but he is a number two, so need another wide receiver. Also, at this point, I realize my receivers on my team, I mean, I'm not too happy about them. <laughs> I probably or they're not too strong, but they're not the worst. So yeah, hopefully Preston Williams does something this year. Okay. I was up next at the 1407 and just getting some more depth here. Went ahead and took Jamison Crowder, a younger receiver in New York. Not not many options there for Sam Darnold. So hopefully there's some continuity, hoping for maybe a bye week filler. Not much in, in way of expectations uh, for Crowder on this roster. Uh, next off the board was Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, and then Albert. Who'd you take at the 1410? Such a great pick. Such a great <laughs> so in major uh wtf fashion kind of like when he was selected in the actual draft i selected jalen hurts <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> well, enough anti jalen well, hurts fair enough yeah with all the quarterbacks kind of off the board dynasty uh i'm not sure what the eagles were planning to do here at all they extended wentz i think his his health concerns are largely overblown too so i'm kind of just making knocks on my pick as well but I actually do like Jalen Hurts' skill set. Um, I just don't think he'll have any opportunities for like at all, um, unless he's going to win the Super Bowl <laughs> by himself. <laughs> fair enough. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> so, um, kind of just banking on a Wentz injury at this point. I mean, that's kind of messed up being a Giants fan too. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever works in uh, for this season as well as fantasy, I'll take it. <laughs> this was a good pick. This made me feel a lot better about my Joe Burrow pick. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but at least this was in the, the 14th round. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe I could trade for uh, Jameis. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe team one will trade him. Maybe. All right, Matt, who'd you take at the 14-11? I want to get a backup tight end. Took O.J. Howard. Burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. I drafted O.J. Howard last year, and it wrecked my season in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but talent's there. Pre-last year, the efficiency was insane. Look, I get it. There's other two other tight ends on the team, yada, yada, yada. There's two really good wide receivers on the team. It's a Bruce Aries. Uh, again, I'm just going with talent. Darth Rose does a you know, starter talent tight end-wise if he's playing on different teams. So. And it's a dynasty draft, so here we go. Should have went Gronk. Should have went Gronk. No, can't do it. Are we? Is like, is how many people are actually drafting Gronk, hoping that he's going to be Gronk? I think it's in mostly deep leagues, but yeah, I think he would have come off the board in the next couple rounds. Yeah. All right. Next off the board was Lavisca Chenault and Cam Newton on the turn, and then Matt, your backup. Who'd you take with your last pick of this draft? Paris Campbell, high upside wide receiver, playing for Indianapolis. I get it. Um, young guy should be. You know, later on down the road, I'm thinking two, I'm thinking 40 chess, three, four moves ahead of everybody else. <laughs> thinking two years down the road. Uh, guys super talented, should get an opportunity down the road, and I should have a wide receiver two, three by next year. The year. You're playing chess with that pick, but checkers with the OJ Howard pick. I don't know what you're doing. No one knows what you're doing over there. <laughs> I'm confused sexually. I'm confused fantasy. Football-wise, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, Albert, your last pick. Who'd you take at the 1503? Throw draft pick with uh, Damian Harris. New England running backs tend to not really produce much. Um, I'm not really a big fan of Sony Michelle, and James White is more of a Swiss Army knife than really a workhorse back. So with Jarrett Stidham taking over, I think they're going to focus more on the run game. So even with – you know, the offense as it is, I think they'll have more opportunities, um, but I don't really know if he'll shine right away. The offensive line play went, really went down last year for Tom and, you know, the same, you know, cadre of running backs back there. So I've really seen improvement there. And until I can, I can't really like really make anything of my pick yeah. right now. He has to, a lot of things have to get better. And then Stidham has to like prove to be something. It's your fifth running back. I don't hate it. Yeah. Uh, next off the board was the aforementioned Jared Stidham. Alshon Jeffrey, and then with my last pick at the 1506, I took Deshaun Jackson. Not someone who's going to be in the league much longer if we're talking dynasty here. If the dude could stay on the field, I mean, he's a great weapon for Carson Wentz. But again, just some just some depth, just a bench stash here. So not much in way of expectations here either. Uh, Brandon, who'd you take with your last pick? Uh, who wants to know? Our tens of listeners. <laughs> our, tens, <laughs> our tens of tens. <laughs> uh, I was looking at the other rosters, and it seemed like a lot of the computer teams already had four quarterbacks. So uh, I was looking around for another one, but uh, I decided what's the point. They're all pretty much the same right now. I decided to get a backup tight end with uh, Joe New Smith. Uh, obviously, I mean, he hasn't put up humongo numbers in the last couple of years, but now that uh, Delaney Walker's gone, it should open up some targets for Smith. Obviously, their run first team, Tannehill, is very great at handing the ball off, but uh, hopefully that opens up some targets for Smith. I was reading an interesting stat. He had about – 100 less targets than Travis Kelsey, and uh, he uh, forced about the same missed miss tackles. So he's elusive. They need to get the ball to him more, and I think that'll happen this year. And I'm interested to see where he goes and uh, how he's going to do. But. Not a bad pick. High upside and in your second tight end. So yeah. I like the pick there. Next off the board was Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton. And then last pick of this draft was Corey Davis. So let's go ahead and go over our starting rosters and then give the grades that you received. So, Matt, go ahead and start us off. All right, so starting roster, we have quarterback Deshaun Watson, running back Saquon Barkley, Cam Akers, wide receiver, three of them, Allen Robertson, Keenan Allen, Michael Gallup, tight end Tyler Higby, super flex, I've got Dak Prescott, and then bench from there. So my overall grade was a 92 out of 100. Okay, Albert, what'd you get? I got a grade of B. It was an 83 out of 100. <laughs> Probably the one quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one viable quarterback. What's your starting roster look like? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously Juju Smith-Schuster, Jerry Judy, starting receivers, probably Geese and Dobbins starting off, and Taylor, kind of see what the super flex does if I don't get another quarterback real soon. And then uh, some combination of Marquise Brown, Ruggs, Hardman and Ayuk for the receivers, and then Madison Harris on the bench for running backs. Uh, Then Evan Ingram and Noah Fant for the tight ends, and uh, Jalen Hurts for the backup quarterback. Brandon, what's your starting roster look like? My starting roster, quarterback, we have Lovemar Jackson. My two running backs, Nick Chubb and uh, Austin Eckler. For wide receiver, Cup, McLaren, and Mike Williams for now. 
that good change if uh, Michael Pittman, you know, does some work. Uh, my tight end will be Hokinson, Superflex, the great Aaron Rodgers. That'd be my plan for the start of the season. And my grade was also a 92 out of 100. Okay, pretty solid, pretty solid. So for my starting solid. roster, thank you. For my starting roster, uh, figure to start Joe Burrow at quarterback, uh, running back Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Wide receiver, I'll have Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, and Robert Woods. Tight end, I'll have Darren Waller. And then at the super flex, probably go with Ryan Tannehill. And then the grade it gave me was also a 92 out of 100. You don't want to throw Michelle in your uh, super flex? Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe as a bye week filler at running back. All right. Great draft discussion, guys. Let's take a quick break before we get into our miscellaneous category. And we're back. Woo. In this segment, we're going to find out what our favorite love story is of all time. Is it Allie Hamilton and Noah Calhoun from The Notebook? Or is it Katniss Everdeen and Peter Malark from Hunger Games? Or is it a different pair? Who wants to go first? Alex Trebek, I will I will go first. There's a lot of good ones out there, right? I mean, you've got Trump and Bronzer. You've got Uneducated People, Facebook, and Unvetted News Sources. You've got the Cowboys not winning a Super Bowl for the last 25 years. I mean, there's so many great love stories. How can you choose? Just, How can we choose? Name only in wrestling. I mean, there's just, I can go on. But my favorite, bar none, is what is pictured behind me. The movie Up, you have not seen it, made by Disney Pixar story beginning of the story of Carl and Ellie, just a great classic love story told simply enough and yet conversely enough so that kids and adults can both latch on to. Is it sad? Sure. Is it the best five minutes that's ever been scripted? Probably, honestly. Just, uh, it's my favorite love story. It's pure, but it also shows heartbreak. It shows like legit highs and lows of a marriage and like they do it in such a short time frame with absolutely zero dialogue. It's like just, it, it is, it's, it's my number one. Nate Bolognay and wrestling's close second. If you want to have a good cry just put that movie on <laughs> brandon what do you got oh it's my turn already well i don't want albert to give us something that's so good that we can't follow it with anything better oh yeah that already <laughs> happened once golly <laughs> i'm going with ennis and jack those of you that don't know <laughs> it's the uh story of a forbidden and secretive relationship between and two cowboys and their lives over the years. You know where I'm going with this. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get any more lovely than this. You know, they, they go herd some sheep, kick back a few drinks, then they hurt each other's buttholes, allegedly. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but apparently after they, you know, they have this trip, they part ways, they marry some chicks, have some kids. I don't know, some other stuff happens and it just kind of ends. I honestly haven't seen it, but I know that their love is strong. <laughs> I like to cite my source, uh, Wikipedia, and that is all. Thank you. Thank you. Albert, <laughs> please bring us back. All right. <laughs> All right. So I kind of went a different direction. I'm not a, a romance, you know, story type of movie going, seeing person, whatever. And uh, I actually appreciated the story that was told in an Inception a movie that came out just like 10 years ago, Christopher Nolan's story, mostly known for, you know, the bombastic, you know, action and the crazy set designs and stuff. Um, but at the core of that story, uh, the main character is dealing with all this residual guilt that he's had for years. You know, he's trying to get back with his kids. Over the course of the story, you find out it's the, the death of his wife that keeps on, that keeps him away from them. So you're like, okay, how is this a love story? Um, they tell it and, you know, just clever little flashbacks and actually somewhat introduce it as, you know, the villain of the story, the previous, you know, story of love in his life affecting his present, you know, jeopardizing his future. So they, they show you the levels of the dream world and how they use it to, you know, make a living, you know, extracting secrets and, you know, whatever, what have you from prominent, you know, businessmen, people in the military, whatever, but he uses it for his love story, for his marriage. He brought him down all the way down to the deepest levels of the dream space and they live out their marriage, creating worlds for themselves to, to live in. And that was his lifetime that he got to live with his wife. The tragedy of that is to get away from that, to get back to the real world, he has to plant an idea in his, his wife's mind that, to, hey, we gotta get out of here so we can live our, our actual lives doing so unforeseen consequences where his wife kills himself thinking that her world is, you know, not real. And it, you know, it's, it's a tragic love story and all of it had real consequences that kind of pervaded the main storyline of the movie 
And in that sense, it was, you know, just that a tragic love story and one that you didn't have to get beat over the head with. It wasn't sappy. It wasn't, it was tragic, but you didn't really get too immersed and down in the dumps about it. As far as love stories go, that's my favorite one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's deep. That is deep, Appreciate Albert. Be glad I didn't follow that. Yeah. I told you. <laughs> Now I have to follow it. <laughs> so I think that in order to have a, a great love story, there has to be some kind of sacrifice. And we've seen that in some examples already, be it what Albert talked about or what Brandon talked about with the buttholes and all that. <laughs> sacrifice. sacrifice. <laughs> true love. True love. In Lord of the Rings, we get just that between Aragorn and Arwen. Uh, Arwen loved Aragorn so much, she chose to abandon her family and her fellow elves uh, on their journey to the Undying Land. Uh, in doing so, she became mortal. So what bigger sacrifice could someone make than that? I don't know if there could be any. Going with Lord of the Rings again, keeping with that theme. If you enjoy what we're doing here, I promise you'll enjoy the Taco Corp Fantasy Football League podcast available on most platforms. Nate started it a couple years ago and it inspired me to make one for our league. He recently fired it back up. Give him a listen, subscribe, and rating. All right, guys, that does it for us. This was a lot of fun. Toodles. Awesome. Appreciate you guys having me. All right, take it easy. Bye, Matt. Love you. Bye. Hey, Tony, your hair's looking good today. Thank you. Thank you. Use uh, Is that mane and tail? I don't know what that is. The horse shampoo from uh, Blades of Glory. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> don't even look at the verticoli. Perfectly balanced, low drag, minimal torque.